We are in week one of our brand new series, God the Builder. Week one. It's always nice starting off a brand new series. Um, God the Builder. So I would say be prepared to build. I challenged you guys last week, and I'm super excited about the series. I believe it's a divinely timed on-ramp for where God is leading us heading into Marty's return on August 29th. I also challenge you to be here, I asked you guys last week, to be here all four weeks. Back at my old church, they used to call uh, people, they call them two-by-fours. Don't be a two-by-four is what they used to say. In four weeks, you show up two times. Okay, so, so try to make it every single week for the month of August. Uh, you won't regret it. And uh, so speaking of commitment, many have already decided to make the decision to sign up for baptism as a way of expressing either their recommitment or their commitment to Jesus. Even off of last week. Yeah, that's something to clap about. Somebody in the house has to start clapping. Yes. Yeah, that, that's, that's a, you guys got to wake up this morning. Um, this is, uh, I am excited about where we're going. So I can't wait to celebrate on the 29th once again. I'm going to start right off with the title of the message today. Straight out of the gates. Built to build. Say that with me out loud this morning. Built to build. Tell your neighbor to the left, you were built to build. Let's try it again. Tell your neighbor to the left, you were built to build. Tell your neighbor to the right, you were built to build. Because if you're breathing, you're building something. We were made in the image of God, and your God and my God is a builder. And because he created you in his image, guess what? You're a builder. Built to build. You're building something. You're building a family. You're building a business. You're building a life. You're building something. You are in the building process. One of the greatest messages that Jesus ever preached, we touched on it last week, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It's a long-winded message, but he concludes the message in Matthew chapter 7 by telling a story. Uh, it really is a summation of everything he preached in Matthew 5 and 6. I'm going to give you the remix version of it, okay? So all you Bible scholars, keep your emails to yourself. I'm going to give you the remix version of it. The ver this verse is not in your Bible. God says, there were two builders, Eddie and Freddie. Eddie and Freddie. Eddie and Freddie each bought their own plots of land and decided to build a house. So we got Fast Freddie and Steady Eddie. Okay, so Fast Freddie, Steady Eddie. Fast Freddie wanted his house built fast. When he, so he went on to quickhouse.com, he got a quick loan, and he immediately started building his house. Right across the street was Steady Eddie's plot of land. Eddie was different. Eddie said, I'm not gonna build so quick, I'm gonna get a tractor and I'm just gonna start digging. Every day, digging, and digging, and digging. Fast Freddy just started building, Steady Eddie just kept digging. Freddy got his house up all the way up. Steady Eddie, still digging. And every day, while, Ste while Steady Eddie was digging, his wife would come out and, he would bring, and bring him lunch. She said, Eddie, you're still digging? Look across the street, they're having a housewarming party, and you're still up here digging. Eddie said, woman, <laughs> woman, don't talk to your wife like that, but woman, <laughs> trust me, it'll be all right. And then all of a sudden, Eddie stops. We got something. I hit a rock. Now we can start building. Eddie starts building. Three months later, Eddie finally finishes his house. One night, a big storm came through. Rain falling, wind blowing, house shaking. Eddie's wife wakes him up in the middle of the night and says, wake up, wake up. We're about to lose the house. Eddie said, sweetheart, go back to bed. Didn't call her woman, he called her sweetheart. Go back to bed. I promise, we're good. They wake up the next morning. Eddie's house, it's solid. Freddie's house is on the ground, destroyed. Fast Freddie gets a GoFundMe talking about, help me build my house back. Instead of Eddie, well, he wasn't hating either. He, get, he actually did give to the GoFundMe. How many of you know that Freddie wouldn't have needed the GoFundMe page if he would have worked on his foundation. He wouldn't have needed a GoFundMe page if he had focused on the foundation that he was building on. I think a lot of people are looking for a GoFundMe page, saying, I need help. But the reality is, you should have checked the foundation of what you were building in the first place. Built to build. And what's funny, as Jesus says that Eddie was wise and Freddie was foolish. And foolish has nothing to do with his, with his cognitive capability but everything to do with his ability to apply the word of God to his life. 
Because both Eddie and Freddie, they both heard the word, but only Eddie applied it. We're going to be in Genesis 11 today. Don't you, I like that version a little bit better. But <laughs> we're going to be in Genesis 11 today. We're going to look at verses 1 through 9. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language, and they used the same words. As the people moved to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stones, and tar was used for mortar. Verse 4 says, then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the world, I'm sorry, but the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower that the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. And if I, if I had time to preach on this, I could preach on that verse alone. I would tell you that unified unbelievers are more powerful than divided believers. Unified unbelievers will accomplish more than divided believers. And that's why the enemy wants to keep us arguing and fighting and bickering with each other about things that don't really matter. Because if we're divided, we can't do what God called us to do as a church family. Amen? Amen. Somebody say, built to build. Come on, you guys got to help me with this today. Built to build. There you go. So Genesis 11, 1 to 9 says, I don't have a seat today, so I get more excited when I stand up. So I left it out of the way. I'm stepping out of faith today with no seat. So Genesis, going back into verse 7, it said, come, let us go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world, and they stopped building the city. That is why the city is called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. Say it for me. Built to build. Built to build. Speaking of building, speaking of building, you guys wonder what, what's going on up here. Um, I got a little surprise for you. I'm going to introduce you to somebody. Okay, speaking of, speaking of building, okay, speaking of building, uh, say hello to Kyler. Hello, Kyler, like Kyler Murray. I think that's where the inspiration of the name came from. This, this here belongs to a girl whose name we're not going to mention, Destiny, uh, and this was created for a young man who could be my son. Uh, it was created by a young man who could be my son and whose name I'm not going to mention, Isaiah. My son Isaiah went to the mall at Christmas time, and he wanted to do something special for his best friend, Destiny. There, there's a store in the mall called Build-A-Bear. Isaiah walked into Build-A-Bear, and the store, is, it really is incredible if you've ever been in there. He picked, up, he picked out Kyler's skin. He picked out Kyler's clothes. Yep, little itty-bitty clothes that probably cost more than big people clothes. <laughs> little bitty shoes that cost more than big people's shoes. Uh, and then um, he, put, he, he actually put the stuffing in Kyler as well. Once Kyla was all filled up, a cute thing they do at Build-A-Bear, which is just ridiculous, is they give you a little heartbeat. And they say, beat, beat it three times, spin around and throw some glitter in the air, and, and put it inside. Isaiah came home with Kyler, and, and the, the huge grin on his face said, look what I made. And he's not one to say, look what I made. He's like, look what I made. Um, <laughs> he was excited, and he was showing everybody, look at what I built the Build-A-Bear store. And I only share this with you this morning because I wonder if God ever feels like the people, uh, if God ever feels like the workers at Build-A-Bear when it comes to us. Because one thing we've got to admit about humanity is we love to show off our stuff. Look at this business I built. Look at this ministry I built. We look at ourselves. Ooh, look at how good I look. Hashtag killing the game. Look at this company I started. I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps, and I worked hard, and I sacrificed. I made this. Look at what I built. And I think God in heaven is going, really? You think that was all you? Really? You think that was all your hard work? You think that was all of your ingenuity? Come on. Really? I'm not doubting your grind, so, but please don't forget that behind the grind was my grace. 
If, I had not, if it hadn't been for me, you wouldn't have been able to build anything. You tell, you tell people about how you pulled yourself up from your own bootstraps? Well, I created your feet, and I gave you the boots that you got. And it wasn't just your grind, it was my grace. It wasn't just your handiwork, it was my hand that was behind you, that was guiding you and leading you. We love to show off the stuff that we built, talking about, I did this. And God's like, you serious? You're not going to give me any credit, because behind your hustle was the hand of God, helping you build anything in your life that you have. Amen. You, you, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And even some of you in here, you, you think you're cute. You think you're cute. You look in the mirror, you're like, man, I'm, I'm cute. Selfie time. You didn't pick out that fight. You didn't pick out that face. It's the grace of God that gave you that face. Amen. So what is God? God is just like Build-A-Bear. Because Build-A-Bear is not in the business of selling you bears. Watch this. They're in the business of giving you the opportunity to participate in something that you would not have been able to build if you didn't have them. Mm. They're in the business of collaborating with you to build something that you couldn't have built without your own talent and strength, with your own talent and strength. That's how God works. He's trying to partner with you to build something in you to change the people around you. He's trying to collaborate with you because God, he, he's a builder. And, and Way back from the book of Genesis, he tells you he's a builder. We're going to go speed through it. This is the Cliff Notes version of Genesis. You can't even get to the fifth word of Genesis chapter 1 without God telling you he's a builder. In the beginning, God created. You're awake. There, there it is right there. God put builder in his bio. He opens, the Bible up, he opens up with the Bible and says, hi, I'm God. I'm a builder. He's the only one that can create something out of nothing. God said, I can look at absolutely nothing. I don't need materials. All I need is nothing. And I can speak into nothing and something will manifest. Some of you are missing your place to shout right here because some of you feel like you're down to nothing. Some of you feel like you've got nothing left. Well, you ought to start praising God because I, I, he says, I'm the only one that can create something out of nothing. So even if you feel like you're being beat down to nothing, I can speak it into you. I can create something to, in you. God is the only one that can create something out of nothing because God is a builder. Amen? God speaks, God speaks the world into existence. Everything you see, he spoke. He said, let there be light. Boom. Light showed up. Let there be water. Whoosh. Water showed up. Whoosh. I don't know where that came from, but water showed up. God spoke everything into existence except for you and I. Except for you and I. He didn't speak us into existence. When it came down to man and woe man, he called an executive team Trinity meeting. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They put on their hard hats and said, now, now we can't speak this into existence. This is way too precious. We got to put our hands on this. We got to get dirty. And they reached down in, in the dirt and, and so, soil, if you will, and started building Adam. Building. And Adam was bald just like Daniel. He had no hair, <laughs> bald just like Daniel. Starts building from the soil. From the soil he built. From the soil. What's crazy, when you build a house, once you get the plot of land, the first thing that you got to do is a soil test. They got to make sure that the soil is conducive to hold what you're going to build. God does a soil test, and then he starts building. And he leaves man there formed, but not filled. Like the skin of the Build-A-Bear that my son Isaiah picked out for destiny, all of a sudden, here's the skin, and <sighs> breathes life into him. The soil now had a soul that started moving and started walking around because he put breath in the soil, and all of a sudden, the soil had a soul. Why? Because God is a builder. Adam's playing with the animals, and God puts him into a deep sleep. He says, I've got to help this guy. It's not good for him to be alone. He puts him into a deep sleep. R.I.P., Adam. And while he's in R.I.P., what does he do? He takes his R.I.B. God starts, you guys, some of you guys missed that. God starts building a woman from a rib. A woman out of a rib? God does this. Because he's a builder. He took this rib out of Adam's side. He gets the bone out of his side. All the ladies in the house say side. Say side. Okay. He took the bone from his side. 
Not from his head, because she's not above you. Not from his feet, because she's not beneath you. But from his side, because she is equal to you. Not only that, but under your arm, that means you gotta protect her. From your side, close to your heart, that means you gotta be, she has to be loved by you. Because how many men know, if a woman knows she is equal to you, and protected by you, and she is loved by you, she ain't gonna have no problem respecting you. I use respecting instead of submitting just because I don't want to offend anybody. Unless she's crazy. And don't ever call a woman crazy. <laughs> but she'd be crazy to let you go. God, the builder. That's how he builds. Before he built the church, he built a relationship. He built a family. Because that's how God builds. And then he tells them, be fruitful and multiply. Get it on. Yeah, like, not like the UFC guy, get it on. He's talking about get it on. Built to build. He starts building. And they had all this freedom, all this freedom. Watch this. Within the framework of what he built, because every builder has to have a blueprint. We talked about this last week. you got to build according to the blueprint. There's a, there's a framework for building because I only have freedom. You only have freedom to the degree that I stay within the framework. He gave you a blueprint for how you're supposed to live your life. He gave you a blueprint. It's your, it's your Bible. Anybody have a Bible here today? Anybody have a Bible? Because I was supposed to bring a Bible and put it in there, but I didn't bring a Bible. Anybody got a Bible here today? Let me see your, somebody give me their Bible real quick. Hurry up, hurry up, somebody, somebody, anybody. There you go, there you go. Like, look, like the, like the price is right. Hey, this, here, here you go. Come on, hey, don't go too far because I'm going to give it back to you. And, and so this, here it is. This isn't, this isn't, we just use the phones now, so forgive me. This isn't an old worthless book that doesn't relate to your life. Come on, how many of you are thankful that God gave us a blueprint? And if you follow the blueprint, you can build something great, something that will last. Now hear me on this. You don't adjust the blueprint to your life. You adjust your, <laughs> you, you adjust your life to fit the blueprint. And that's the problem with our culture today. Everybody wants to adjust the blueprint to fit the life instead of adjusting their life to fit the blueprint. Because I only have freedom to the degree that I stay within the framework of what he built. Give him praise this morning. You guys, wake on up. Thank you. I'm telling you, I'm excited this morning. I'm excited. I woke up feeling good. I got some rest. Uh, because, again, because if I ever start stepping out and doing what I want, doing what, what, it, what I think that I should do, that's when I'm in danger of destruction. God is a builder, but Satan is a destroyer. And here's how Satan destroys. He'll destroy you through attacking you. He'll, he'll destroy you through distracting you. All in an effort, and don't miss this, to detach you from your dependency on God. Because I'm only free to the degree that I'm dependent upon God. Independence is the high school that I went to, but in the kingdom, it's a horrible thing. King, independence is a horrible thing because his kingdom is predicated upon my dependence on him. So anytime you start thinking you're self-made, you're self-sustained, <laughs> jeez, yeah, man, you better watch out. Whatever you're building is going to crumble. How many of you might say this morning, I need to work on the food of patience? Raise your hand. Three of you. Awesome. Everybody else is super patient. Um, when you go to the grocery store and there's a long line, sometimes you grunt, sometimes you grumble. Just the three of you, nobody else. Sometimes you sigh. You're actually the ones who thank God for the self-checkout line. And you're like, I'm not no dummy. I can scan a barcode. I don't need no help. Until you get to the fruit. <laughs> and there's no barcode on the fruit. You took the fruit. Yep, come on, help me preach today. But you didn't know how much it was going to cost. You thought you could do it by yourself. You thought you could do it on your own, but you never really knew how much that fruit was going to cost. Now you're sitting there hitting the button saying, please, I need help. I need help. That is the story of humanity. Ladies and gentlemen, humanity has always said, I'm good. I don't need God. I'm self-made. I'm self-reliant. I'm going to self-promote. But we don't realize when we grab something what it's going to cost. Mm. That's what Adam and Eve did. They took the fruit, and they didn't know how much it was going to cost. All of a sudden, they're hitting the self-checkout button saying, God, please help. Please, we didn't know the ramifications of the decision that we made. And all of humanity went into chaos when they took that fruit. All of humanity went crazy. 
all the way up even to Noah. Here we are in the, day of, in the days of Noah. Everything was evil. And that's when God said, okay, time to renovate now. No more creating. I'm washing everything out and I'm starting over. And he gives Noah instructions. Look at God the builder. God the builder calls little Noah a little junior builder. He didn't know what he was, he didn't know he was a builder either. Noah didn't. But he called Noah the builder. I can only imagine the conversation before he did. God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit said, man, we got to start over. We, we jacked this thing up real bad. L let's see how we can fix this. We got to get a builder. I think the Holy Spirit gently raised his hand and said, well, you know, I know a guy. There you go. You got it. It's, it's Noah. That's my dad joke for the day. It's Noah. And Noah starts building. How do you build a boat that you've never seen before for rain that you never experienced. You have to have your ear to the voice of the builder. You gotta listen to the blueprint that he gives you. And I don't know who this is for this morning, but some of you are way too busy comparing yourself to other people instead of putting your ear to the heart of the builder. Because maybe God wants to build something through you that the world hasn't even seen yet. Mm. Some of you young people are getting excited. Maybe God wants to do something new and innovative and creative through you. And you can't, be created, you can't be creative if you keep comparing yourself to everybody else. If you're steady watching reels, looking at somebody else's real life, some of you older people are like, what reels? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's somebody else's real life, instead of saying, God, show me how to do my real life. Show me that you could be doing something in me that, that's so new the world has never seen before. Amen? Amen. Give him praise this morning because here it is. Give him some praise this morning. Give him praise. So, so Noah, Noah had to get a drink of water. And, and so Noah, he had his ear to the builder. He builds a boat. You, you as I went to Sunday school, you know how the story goes. Noah comes out of the boat after the flood. He comes out and all of a sudden, they're given the same commandment that Adam, that Adam and Eve got, which is to be fruitful and multiply. So Noah connects his Bluetooth to his portable speaker, finds Barry White on his playlist, and tells his wife, let's get it on. So we, we were built to build. And that's actually where our text picks up today in Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11 is really problematic to me because when you read Genesis 11, we read, we read it earlier, Genesis 11 seems like to me to be the utopia that humanity is waiting for, doesn't it? I mean, come on, if you, if you read it, it says they were all in one accord. It looks like some kind of a kumbaya video. Nobody's fighting, nobody's arguing, they've all actually got what looks like unity. Everybody's speaking the same language. And isn't that crazy? What we read today, what happened in Genesis 11 is the reason why there are over 6,800 languages in the world right now. Tell me the Bible isn't relevant. Tell me, come on, 6,800 languages, several hundred dialects because of what happened in Genesis chapter 11. I'm looking at Genesis 11, I'm like, God, what was wrong? Everybody's agreeing, nobody's fighting, Democrats and Republicans are holding hands. Everybody's got, everybody's got the same language. Can you imagine a world today with one language? Like you can just, you could be in France. You don't have to say bonjour. You know how to do it. When you guys go places that you haven't been, you try to kind of take on the accent. You try to, with Spanish, you try to like roll your R's and, and stuff like that. I mean, you could just go in France, in Mexico, wherever you're at, and be like, what's up, dude? How you doing? Because everybody, they had to be speaking American, right? Like speaking English. I don't know. Everybody's speaking the same language. But what went wrong? Everybody's building. God said, Daniel, you read through the text too fast. There's three things that went wrong, and I'm going to give those to you real quick. The first thing that went wrong, and don't miss this, was their movement. Say movement. Movement. What's the first thing that went wrong with their movement? I want you to look at Genesis 11:2. As the people moved to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia, and they settled there. Can I ask you a question this morning? You don't have to answer it out loud. Where are you headed? Where are you headed? Where's the direction of your life going right now? And let me ask it another way. 
if you, consi- if you keep consistently doing what you're currently doing, where will you end up? Because your life has a trajectory, and it's going somewhere. If you're going to build what God's called you to build, you've got to check your movement. One writer says it this way, and I love what he said. He says, I can't change the direction of the wind, but I can adjust my sails to always reach my destination. In other words, I've got to know where I'm headed, where I'm going. The Bible says that they moved which way? Eastward. Everybody know? East is this way, guys, just so you know. I'm going to be pointing east the whole day. Somebody, east? I thought east was that. Yeah, eastward. That's where it all started. I want to know today... Where are you headed? Where's your life going? And this is what's jacked up with people about following Jesus. And I want to say, I wasn't going to put this in, but I decided to go ahead and put it in. Because some people, the thing that detours them, and I want you to hear me today if this is you, the, the thing that detours them from following Jesus is they think that their life has to be perfect. Have you ever heard the person that's there like, nah, man, I'm good. I can't. I can't live, give my life to God. I, I got to get some things right first. Let me work out some things first before I give my life to God. Hear me loud on this. He's not looking for your perfection. As a matter of fact, he is looking for perfection, but he's not looking for your perfection. He is looking for Jesus' perfection. Because Jesus was the only one that came to earth and lived the life that we were supposed to live, and then he died the death that we were supposed to die. He became sin, but he never sinned. He lived a perfect life. He is looking for perfection, but he's looking for it in Jesus, not in you. So that's why when my life is hidden in Jesus, how many are thankful today that when God looks at you, and catch this, when he looks at you because of the blood of Jesus, he doesn't see your fault, he doesn't see your mistakes, he doesn't see all the things that you did, he just sees the blood of Jesus and he says, don't worry about it, they're good, they're good, amen? Amen, Amen. because it's already been paid for. He's not looking for perfection, but he is looking for your direction. So where are you headed? Because they started moving eastward. And how many of you know direction is way more important than speed? We learned that from Fast Freddy and Steady Eddie. You can't be going real fast. You can be going real fast, and you can be going real fast in the wrong direction. Have you been in a hurry? Ever. Been in a hurry? Never. And you were going so fast that you missed your exit. You missed your exit. No, no man will ever admit that he did that. And now you're totally heading in the wrong direction. Direction is way more important than speed. Where are you headed? The Bible said that they move eastward. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you today about movement is because I'm afraid that you might be headed east. And if you don't hear anything else I'm saying today, if you hear nothing else, if you just woke up right now and you're going to go back to sleep, hear me on this, don't go east. Why do I say don't go east? Because biblically, especially in Genesis, don't miss this, east is a metaphor for moving away from God. East is a metaphor for doing things your way. Watch this. Remember Genesis chapter 3? Adam and Eve, they do things their own way. They They take the forbidden fruit, and God... God kicks him out of the garden. You got to be careful. When you get older, you may pull something doing that. So he kicks him out of the garden. Look at it. Genesis 3 verse 24 says, after sending them out, after kicking them out, the Lord God stationed the mighty cherubim to the east of the garden. Okay? They had to move eastward. East is a metaphor for doing things your own way. Remember Genesis chapter 4, Adam and Eve had two sons, Cain and Abel. Abel was following God's blueprint, and he had God's favor all over his life. But Cain was just like his mom and dad. He was like Frank Sinatra, okay, talking about, I did it my way. No favor, no favor. And Daniel does want to get me on the worship team, but I can't preach and do worship at the same time. And now, now, now Cain is hating on God's favor that's been given to Abel's life. And he's the, he's the one who chose to listen to Frank Sinatra. So Cain got mad at Abel, and he commits the first murder in the Bible. After the murder, Cain was afraid of God retaliate, or retaliating, and he thought he was going to lose his life. So what does he do? Genesis chapter 4, verse 16 says it. 
So Cain left the Lord's presence and settled. Isn't it amazing when we leave the Lord's presence where we settle? We settle. Some of us walk away from church and we settle for a life outside of his church. So it just, that's interesting. I just thought of that. So, um, so Cain left the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. East is a metaphor for going away from the presence of God. Remember Genesis chapter 13. Abraham and Lot were traveling together. God, God called Abraham and said, leave your family. But he had a loyalty to Lot. Some of you today have a lot of loyalty to somebody, but that loyalty is actually a liability. All of a sudden you realize that they are the source of all of your drama in your life. God's been telling you, you gotta cut off that relationship, but you refuse to cut them off, even though your loyalty to them is a liability to your destiny. Mm -mm. Come on. That's what Lot was. Lot was a liability, and all of a sudden, it got way too crazy. You ever had a friend or a relative, you hang out with them, and things get way too crazy. And Uncle Abe said, we got to go different ways, nephew. You pick, you pick which way you want to go. Lot, he gave him the choice. Genesis 13, verse 11 says, Lot, choosing for himself, maybe a little bit of selfishness in that, the whole Jordan Valley to the east, he went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. Every time you see east in the scripture, it's somebody saying, forget you blueprint, God. Let me build it the way I want to build it. I'm going to do it my way. There's a current in our culture today that will, take you go, that will make you go east. You won't even realize that you're headed that direction. If you've ever been swimming out in the ocean, anybody swimming out the ocean? Yeah, not me. I know we're not near to an ocean, but I, I don't like swimming out in the ocean. I'll get my feet wet, but I won't go out in the ocean. But I, I've seen people that, that you start swimming straight, and then all of a sudden you look back, and you're so far off. You started swimming in a straight line, and the current took you to the east. Don't go east, because whatever you're building according to your blueprint, I'm telling you, it will crumble. It's going to fall down. Amen? Built to build. Built to build. So you got to know your movement. You got to check your materials. I'm sorry, you got to know your movement, and you got to check your materials. Number two, check your materials. Don't just know your movement. You got to check your materials. You guys wake up for this part because I'm going to need you on this. Genesis, especially you, Al. Uh, Genesis 11, verse 3 says this. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone. They used bricks instead of stones. See, the problem with bricks is bricks are man-made. Bricks are man-made. Bricks were actually put into an oven, and they were able to make it exactly the way they wanted to make it. They wanted to shape it the way they wanted to shape it. And there's a difference between bricks and stones. Bricks, you can form them the way you want. Stones, they just come how they are, right? Stones just come how they are. Bricks are easier to use. Stones are way more difficult. Bricks are replaceable because if, you, if a brick chips, you could just get another brick and fill it right in. You can't do that with stones. You can stack bricks. They all look good together. And it looks like unity, but it's not uni unity, it, it's uniformity. This is another problem that we have in our, the culture we live in today. People are trying to build togetherness and community out of uniformity. Everybody's got everybody's to think this way. And I only agree with people who walk like me, who talk like me, who vote like me. This is actually the problem with some of the churches right now. Not this church, but some of the churches. This is actually the problem with some of the churches right now. A lot of churches will say, if you don't vote like us, you can't be in this church. If you're not the same social class as we are, you can't be in this church. So you walk into church and everybody looks the same, everybody dresses the same, everybody speaks the same language, Christianese, but there's something beautiful about stones. Something beautiful about stones, and here we need it. Not, not, so, not stone cold Steve Austin, but stone cold Jesus Almighty, the stone the builders rejected. If you bring the stones to Jesus, he knows exactly how to put the stones together. Stones that don't look like they're supposed to go together, 
We can come in here with all our differences, our different views, our different skin colors, our different ages, our different upbringings, our different political parties, and in spite of all that, we can focus on the one thing that we agree on, that Jesus Christ is Lord and God loves us all the same. Amen? Amen. Put your hands together and give God praise for five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Yes, give him praise this morning. Let it out. He said, if you don't give me praise, the rocks will cry out. Not the bricks. Bricks are easy, but stones, they take work. Because that means you're going to have black folks, white folks, native folks, Latino folks, Asian and Indian folks all coming together. Democrats and Republicans worship in the same place, talking about, I don't know why you vote like that. Well, I don't know why you vote like that. But Jesus Christ is still Lord, and God loves us all the same. Amen? Amen. Come on. First Peter. Where's First Peter? Here, First Peter. Some of you are already thinking of it. You're like, he should go to First Peter. Go to First Peter. First Peter 2, verse 5, 4 and 5 says this. As you come to him, the living brick, no, not brick, the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. They had the wrong materials because they wanted to build it the way that they wanted to build it. They wanted to build it with bricks. But if you want to build something that'll shake the world, something the world has never seen before, you guys connect with other stones. Like I said before, you don't have to see eye to eye, but in order to build, we need to be hand in hand. Amen? Amen. Home stretch, built to build. You gotta check your movement. You gotta check your materials. Number three, you gotta check your motives. What are your motives? Genesis 11 verse four says this. Then they said, come let's build a great city for ourselves ourselves with the tower that reaches into the sky this will make us famous so many young people today just want to be famous you don't want YouTube as a career you want YouTube so you can be famous this will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world let us build something to make a name for ourselves so that we can become famous that was their motive you could have looked at the tower from the outside and it's beautiful they're trying to go to heaven who doesn't want to go to heaven? Def Leppard fans, I don't know, you kids wear the shirt, you don't even know what songs they sing, but Def Leppard fans, the Tower of Babel was the original attempt at a stairway to heaven, amen? But I love the Bible, because the Bible gets to motives. It gets to the heart of the matter. Man looks at the outward appearance, God looks at your heart. You can fool other people, but you can't fool God. He'll check your motive. Your motive is the attitude behind your action. It's the behavior behind your belief. It's the why behind what that you do. It's the why. There's a lot of people doing things on the surface. Looks good, looks beautiful on the surface. They look great. But if you get to the motives, it's wicked, evil, and selfish. I've seen generous people who, they'll, they'll give you whatever you want, but their motive is to control you. They'll tell you, hey, uh, but don't forget who helped you. Always check your motive. Are you trying to make a name for yourself? God created you to glorify his name, not to glorify yours. He knows you can't handle glory. Glory will make you lose your mind. He's only given you your influence, your gifts, your talents, and everything that you have to bring glory back to him. Amen? Amen. Check your motives. Genesis 11, verse 5 and 6, go on with this, says this, but the Lord came down, he came down to look at the city, and the tower, when he has to come down, that's like when I tell my kids, don't make me go up there, but he came, he came on down, so he said, uh, but the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower that people were building. Look, he said, the people are united, and they're all speaking the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. You too may be building what looks like a man-made stairway to heaven. You may think that, that you've done it your way and you figured it all out. You even made up your own verse. Nothing is impossible through you who strengthens you. Be careful. 
If you're not checking your movement, or your movement, if you're not checking your materials, and if you're not checking your motives, hear me on this, if you're not checking, you're setting yourself up to get checked. In the middle of your housewarming party, while you're celebrating all that you've built, all that you've done, Team Trinity will come down, and they won't show up at your house without a gift. It's in the text. Verse 7, Genesis eleven seven says, Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. That way they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world, and they stopped building the city. That is why the city was called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. There's a word in, this ver in verse 8 for somebody this morning. If you don't choose to stop it, God will choose to stop you. He'll stop what you're building, and he'll give you the gift of confusion. The Bible said he confused their languages. Then God gave them a gift that looked like confusion. They were rebelling against God. They didn't want to scatter. They didn't want to listen. So God says, okay, you want to do what you want to do? <laughs> you don't want to do what I told you to do? That's how I, that's how I eat with my kids, so you know how they feel now. You don't want to do what I told you to do? Well, guess what? I'm going to give you a gift, and that gift is going to look like confusion. He's not the author of confusion, but he absolutely will use your confusion because he knows there's nothing like a season when you're confused. He knows that confusion will make you reevaluate your direction, will make you reflect on your resources and revisit your motives. Amen? And there's nothing like a season when you don't understand. It'll make you seek after God, get down on your knees and say, God, I am lost right now. And I believe that that's what he's doing in our nation all over again. Because they're still facing some things that, ha that we, we're still facing some things that have left us totally confused. God will use confusion, but confusion makes you cry out to God. Confusion makes you seek him. Confusion breaks your pride. Confusion makes you humble. And most of all, confusion will make you understand that he is God and you and I are not. Stand with me as we close this morning. The band will come on up as well. Built to build. Israel and I had the honor of doing a series last year called From Kanye to Kobe to Chaos. Kanye to Kobe to Chaos. It was our first service that we actually opened up to a live audience here uh, during COVID. As I was finishing up my prep for this message on Friday, I had a God incident. It's let me, and it left me in absolute awe. Honest to God. I, didn't, I had no idea of what I'm about to tell you guys. The verse that God, and I think somebody needs to know this, because you need to know whatever it was that you heard in the message today that you're wrestling with right now, you need to know that, that, that God, God is in this place. The verse that God impressed on my heart throughout lockdown over and over again was 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And our land still needs healing. It, it was what I believe to be the answer for healing in our nation. Today, today marks the 365th day, one year exact to the day since I preached that message. I actually wore this same shirt, too, on says foundation. And I believe even more strongly that God is looking down at this stairway to heaven on earth that we call America. And he's saying, don't forget that your pride comes before your fall. Don't forget that healing is on the other side of humility. Don't forget that, that on your knees is where pride flees. I stand against the proud. I stand against the narcissistic. I stand against hypocrisy and shallow religion. God is pleading with us today. Don't forget who you were made for. Don't forget who gave you all that you have. Don't forget who your father is. 
You are my child. I love you dearly. Hear me on this. You are my child. I love you dearly. You are my child. And I want you to experience freedom, more freedom, and an even greater level of freedom. You, you, all of us are children of God. You are a child of God. Yes, you are. Holy Spirit, come. The altar's open too if anybody, you, hey, just feel free. One song and we're out of here. Let it count. Do business.
morning, God. We, we thank you that we are your children, God. We thank you that we are your children. Lord, I, I pray this morning for anybody this morning here that, it, that, that is wanting to experience freedom. Wanting to experience freedom, Lord. That's been struggling with that decision of, of fully committed. That they would sign up for baptism and said, I am choosing to begin to live, build my life according to God the Builder. I'm, I'm building my life according to the blueprint that God has given me. And I'm going to need help, and I'm going to need people to, to, to lean on and to strengthen me in this time, but I am choosing, and I'm going to make an outward com uh, commitment to an inward decision, to say, saying, listen, this is the turning point. This is the place where I begin to walk away from the way of east. I begin to walk back to that narrow road, that place that God had called me to. Father, thank you for your faithfulness this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for challenging us. And as we go out today, Lord, help us be reminded to get back next week and continue as we build towards August 29th, the day of celebration, the baptism. God, we thank you for all that you do. We thank you for your faithfulness this morning. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys have a wonderful week. We'll see you back next week. God bless you guys.